Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show brought to you with our podcast partner, Levi Solicitors. You can claim your Square Ball discount which is 10% off for everybody. And that goes up to 20% if you're in the key worker groups. You can get in touch to do that via levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. Hello. And with me is Michael Normanton. Hello. So is Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. Quick reminder, our summer special is available to order now. And at 228 pages, you can fill your face full of glorious promotion material. Biggest thing we've ever done. And thank you to you if you have pre-ordered it. It will be shipping very, very soon indeed. If you haven't, there is still time. Uh, but at this rate, the rate these things are selling, there's going to be only several hundred copies at best available for general sale. So don't miss out. Plenty of Champions merchandise available too. You can find the links at squareball.net. Well, we're back in pre-season. It only feels like five minutes since we were winning the championship. But now we're a Premier League club trotting around Thorpe Arch in Adidas and the world is fine. Those poor boys. Give them more time off. They deserve it, surely. Do we think Joffy is fine? He didn't look fine. <laughs> I did enjoy the um, the clip of, I think someone did it, I think it was Walmart, the uh, long-running sort of Twitter, Instagram, Facebook accounts of putting little Lee's clips on. He did a little welcome to hell thing with Joffy doing his bleep test. Bless him. He's going to lose three stone though in the next month and he'll be fine. Can you imagine the phone call that night, checking in with Lynn, telling her how his first day went and just trying for an hour. Wigan wasn't so bad. Maybe I, quite, I could quite fancy a go at League One. Like quite easy in comparison. She's, um, she'll have been asking what he's had for his tea and just be, nothing. <laughs> it was water. <laughs> a, a, a warm, like a dry Rivita biscuit. The Argentinian man, he doesn't like us to eat. People who did, the people who did well in the running got a, a bit of broccoli each, but the rest of us nothing. He does remind me of, do you remember the, um, uh, the old chocolate bar, The Breakaway? I do. Do you remember the Scouse kid that used to advertise them? Don't you know? He used to wear a baseball cap and every advert ended with the same catchphrase. It's wicked. It's wicked. It's wicked. It's wicked. It's wicked. Anyway, he'll be dreaming of being able to put on his baseball cap sideways and say his chocolate bar is wicked because he ain't having none of them no more. Bless him. But he is, still, uh, he is still allowed to have his ears sticking out, though, if that's his thing. I went through watching that video. I did think, why have I just watched like three minutes of some men jogging around a field? But nice to see those boys again. I feel like I've missed them in the very, very brief time they've been away. And I've got no truck with Kappa whatsoever. I liked some of the stuff that they did, but um, they do look next level, don't they, in Adidas? Yeah, befitting a, a Premier League team, I would say. 
but the sleeves don't match. Do you think they know? It's obviously been a, a big problem at the factory that they just haven't been able to fix. Hopefully nobody notices. Make, make it a thing on all the kits. The sleeves don't match. We'll, we'll style it out, pretend it's cool. But you want matching sleeves. Like the sort of thing you'd got in Reedman's back in the day. High Street Seconds. Maybe these, uh, I could imagine... I could imagine Alioski jogging around Thorpe Arch in a, a naff naff t-shirt. I bet he's still got one, actually. Hey, good news for you, Moscow. I've got some really good news. Go on. We are back in the trophy that you desperately wanted to win. The JPT or whatever it's called, the EFL trophy. Does it have a name now? I'm not sure it has a sponsor. It, it has been the checker trade, hasn't it? Yeah, they backed out of it, though, because, I mean, everybody hated, started hating them as much as they hated the trophy. I'm sure somebody took over. Yeah, well, it just it was referred to as the EFL Trophy uh, when it was announced we were back in it, so I assume that means they're still looking for a sponsor. Leasing.com. It's the Leasing.com Trophy. Oh, okay. What do they do? There's no mention of leasing on the EFL press release that I'm looking at right now. Oh, maybe they've backed out as well. Maybe we could sponsor it. We could, or we could call it the Sean Harvey Memorial Mug, something like that. It does have quite a, a history. It was founded in 1983 with no sponsor, but soon did the rounds of your uh, of your Midlands truck brands went from Freight Rover Trophy, Sherpa Van Trophy, the Leyland Daff Cup, but then um, it sort of specialised in windscreens after that. Auto Glass Trophy, then Auto Windscreens, back to full-sized vans, LDV Vans Trophy, and then it was a complete switcheroo to Johnston's paint. I mean, you, you can't make a truck out of paint. You'd be mad to try. I don't see the link. It feels like Sean Harvey probably picked up the catalogue at Screwfix and just started thumbing through it, trying to find people who could sponsor his trophy, doesn't it? Something along those lines. Even though I'm pretty sure we slated this and criticised it at the time, I'm all for this now because I want to take, I want to go to Bradford and Doncaster and Carlisle again, play these uh, these teams. Now we can look down upon them, and even if we're beaters, we can be like, well, hope you do get to Wembley, epoxy bastards. There's beautiful things in there because they've drawn out the group stages now which there's no point in running through them because we haven't yet been drawn into a group. But each of the invited like Premier League teams gets put into one of the groups. But there's just little things like Group H, Grimsby Town, Harrogate Town and Hull City. I mean, just think of the tear-ups between Grimsby and Hull and then in Waltz Leeds if we get put into that group. That'd be glorious. Of course, the other thing to remember about the Johnston's paint, which we should always call it as such because... The company that is now Johnston's Paint was the paint company that Leslie Silver founded. Um, Silver Paint and Lacquer became Kalon Group PLC and eventually became Johnston's Paint. So it has a strong Leeds connection. And so we should probably just be given the trophy because of that. I mean, they don't technically sponsor it anymore, but I see where you're going. They should be given the sponsorship for free and Leeds United should win every season. I think they're also owned by an American company now as well. But. Yes, but true OGs know the score where uh, Johnson's paint are concerned. So we're all for it now. That's what we're saying. Wembley trip to watch the kids destroy this poxy trophy. With a, a limping Berardi captaining the side. Because that's, that's what you get for these, these trophies. when you've, It's going to be an okay, opportunity for premiership teams to give you the chance. But there's normally some... 35-year-old knocking around who can't get a game in the first team who ends up playing in them. So I'm all for that as well. It's like when I went to see Leeds under-23s play Huddersfields in the company of a lot of excellent Norwegian Leeds fans. And Huddersfields under-23s had Dean Whitehead playing for them. 
who like he was under th- under twenty three thousand years old, but um, not by much. So, did you see the potential leak in the Premier League fantasy football app as they launched the fantasy football for the forthcoming season? And what it does is it's links to the real life fixtures. It showed Leeds up against Newcastle in the opening game, which is a nice repeat almost of the um, the 1989-1990 season. Let's hope Mickey Quinn's not fit for that one. It's one of those things where you think, oh, it'll just be a thing in the app. It's probably not a proper league. But then I remember a few years ago that our away kit was in Championship Manager before it was actually released and it did match perfectly. So someone must know. There has been quite a lot of that with the, the kit. has basically been seen now because it's cropped up in that many different computer games and in wasn't it on an advert for the new like trading cards and stuff i mean everybody's fucking confused because this season should technically have started by now if it wasn't for the whole coronavirus thing so there'll be all those people who probably like queued a social media post back in february it's like oh right yeah we have to launch this on such and such of august forgetting about it and then it goes out and it's you know it's in it's hidden somebody's forgotten that the the image rights to such and such a picture have gone to this place and suddenly it crops up in in some TV advert in Singapore. It's like, oh, no, we, we forgot to tell them to delay it. So it's all gone. It's all absolute madness. And the fixtures were probably, you know, settled by the evil cabal that runs football years ago. But you look at that and you think, oh, Newcastle at home, opening day, that's quite exciting. Where you contrast it with last season which was Bristol City away, which we thought, oh, that's a decent fixture, but it's never going to get you very excited, is it? I mean, this time around, you obviously have a thing of that's a decent fixture that I won't be at, which is a shame. Also, we played them in the Championship not long ago, so it's not like we've we've got one of those plum ties against a, a team that we haven't played in the league for 16 years. It's just Newcastle again. We've, they got relegated and we played them and it was fine. We had that great last-minute Chris Wood goal at St. James's Park. You know, I'd hardly miss them. Plus, they'll be, it's, they're going to be whinging on about the Saudi Arabian takeover, won't they? There'll be all sorts of absolute boring protests by manky Geordies who just don't get it. Um, so we'll have to suffer through all that as if it, anybody fucking cares. Not a fan then, Moscow. Not a fan. Um, we do know that the season will start on September the 12th, or that weekend anyway, and it will end on May the 23rd, which is close to both yours and my birthday. Michael, so we could have another party at the end of this season for our Champions League qualification or uh, romping the league. We'll totally foreshore the Premier League, won't we? I'd probably accept the Europa League's place at this this point, I'd say. But yeah, it's, it's, it's weird looking down the, the list of dates for it. And just there's no, there are hardly any midweek games, are there? We've become so accustomed to Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, just this relentless treadmill of games against awful teams midweek. And they seem to have all disappeared. I'm actually quite glad to have some some days off in the middle of the week. Smaller division, less games, much better. Much as I love football, yeah, The uh, how many games a season was it in the Championship? It felt like 70. And um, it, it could wear you down, especially those, I suppose it, it minimises the amount of time where you're pointlessly playing for nothing, which seemed to make up at least 80% of the time that we were in the Championship. So that's good as well. Yeah, the... The less we see of Leeds United playing football, the better. I just want to just show them sprinting around Thorpe Arch as slow as they like. That will satisfy me. There is a good point in there, actually, Moscow, in that, and that the less we see Leeds United, to a degree, is probably better because it will enable a little bit more recovery time, time for a bit more murder ball, all that kind of jazz, you know. 
players will be wishing they, they were playing games because it's the day when they could legitimately say, we can't do the running today. We've got a game this afternoon. They'll be like, well, you can do a few laps. Have we had a steer on when the fixtures are coming out? Is it sometime this week? They've said no later than the 21st of August, which is this Friday. But the no later then suggests some sort of um, weird stuff going on behind the scenes where they're still trying to get things sorted. I guess they're trying to probably drawn the fixtures out, but they're maybe just still moving some final ones for TV and stuff, which will be us, I imagine. I mean, isn't the charity shield like tomorrow? Isn't it? It's it's a double bill with the Champions League final, isn't it? Everything's just, I mean, the, the Champions League qualifying rounds for next season, they've already begun and they've not even finished the old one. We're still seeing it has been actually a fantastic weekend entertainment, watching uh, Manchester teams just getting beaten all over the place. So that's been quite good. But yeah, the everything's very compressed and very confusing, and the um, the transfer window's still open until October. I think it's October this year. It's not extended that much. I've not really got a grip on what's happening. Did you like me watch the Manchester clubs going out of the European competitions and thought we could probably give both of them a decent game this coming season and start heightening your expectations of where we'll finish in the Premier League? I have moments of that, and then I have moments of realising just how good Norwich looked when we were against them, and then looking at just how badly they've done this season. And you, it could go either way, couldn't it? But I, I'm not terrified of it, I have to say. We'll beat Man United, because look at the state of them. And then you see how Pep Guardiola has basically come up against the mighty Leon and panicked his way out of winning the Champions League. He's got to play Marcelo Bielsa next season, and I know... He had a good record against Bielsa when they were both in Spain, but he had Lionel Messi at that point. It was Messi's Barcelona, so that was fine. I can just picture him when it is Leeds against Man City next season, him trying to shake Bielsa's hand or trying to bump elbows with him and just the the sweats pouring through his, his crappy knockoff club shop hoodie and just being unable to cope, just go, uh, goalkeeper, up front, it's Bielsa, don't know what to do. And then we win 6-0 and it's fine. You've been chasing the dragon this afternoon, Moscow. <laughs> Sounds like it. That That's how uh, Manchester City's players will be chasing Alioski under his new Premier League nickname of the dragon. Speaking of Barcelona, we can breathe a slight sigh of relief, I think, because uh, Bielsa came into 16-1 to for the Barcelona job. And obviously you'd seen the talk of Messi saying that Barcelona should go for him. But they're in a sorry state. They seem to be skin. And it looks like Ronald Koeman is getting the Barcelona job, which is good because one thing we do know about Ronald Koeman is he knows the club. I must admit, I was concerned when I saw Bielsa on there at 16-1. to 1. Made to feel slightly better when he, I saw his name was next to Johan Cruyff, also at 16-1, to 1, who died maybe three or four years ago at least. So that's not happened and neither has Bielsa. So it's good that they've not employed a ghost. I think that's probably for the best for the, the club. Did Lee Johnson make it into the betting? World famous Lee Johnson, or whatever he was referred to as recently, by himself, I think. No, he didn't. No Frank Lampard in there? He'd be, he'd be obviously very put out at that, because he, he would expect to be in the running for that. It's a typical lack of respect from the uh, Spanish game. You getting worried at all about Bielsa, having not signed his contract yet? Nah, he's fine. He's still here, isn't he? If he was not here, if he was in Rosario with his feet up, being like, well, not signed it yet, but he's very much... He's very much in the area, isn't he, doing his stuff, doing Bielsa things. He's fine. He's going to sign it when he gets round to it. 
didn't Angus Kinnear explain all this to you two anyway? I mean, I've not listened to your interview because, frankly, I object to paying for it, but he said something about him just being too focused on training to bother signing a contract, didn't he? Basically that, yeah. Every time they get him to, in a room to sit down, he just wants to talk about football, and training and signings and doing stuff at Thor Parch. So they, they're like, and the contract. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah next, we'll talk about that next time. Next time. Yeah, it was good fun chatting to Angus Kinnear. What did you make of it, Michael? It was a nice experience, wasn't it, to go into uh, into the boardroom at Ellen Road and, um, and to see the trophy. The nine-year-old me was very pleased when that trophy came into the room. Yeah, I must admit, I was quite giddy when that came in. And then I just it was put behind me, so I had to just keep turning to look at it for the majority of the interview, which was slightly antisocial of me. Yeah, it was um, it's strange, isn't it, being like in a football club again? That was what kind of what struck me that it was... I know some people have been like, oh, don't get too close to the club and stuff because it'll, it'll change what you're doing. But that's because it's now a football club again, which I quite enjoyed because I feel like the majority of the time we've been doing this, we've just been reporting on what a complete shit show it all is. So to actually go in and go, there's a trophy. We're talking about signing some players for like 20 million quid. It's all right, this. seems like a, somehow we've managed to get the club back that I actually started supporting 20 years ago. I think the one thing I would have liked you to have pressed Angus more severely on is why... Uh, in that boardroom, it's all very well putting the championship trophy on display, but I, I felt like a more prominent place for my book is uh, something that they ought to have prioritised. You sent me a photo of it on, on tucked away on a shelf, but really, does shouldn't it not have like its own lectern? I, I felt like you could have challenged him. Moscow, it looks fine under the corner of that table leg. It needs to be levelled as that table. So what are you moaning about? It is very useful for that also, for uh, dealing with wasps if you've got those as a problem it's a it's a good selling point for the hardback is the is the paperback out soon uh start of september yeah i'll be taking pre-orders for those <laughs> oh, um, shameless before too long one thing we did learn from uh speaking to angus is that he actually listens to this show and my first thought so outwardly i was kind of like okay that's quite cool inwardly i was thinking shit shit what have we said what have we said across the last couple of years well he, he let us in still didn't he so we, I think he he said that I think and it's just a fair point like compared to a lot of the as bad as it could get when you look on social media I suppose we're relatively calm. I did see a, a comparison. It wasn't necessarily with reference to to what we do, but it was some of the Rangers fans' reactions to Kemar Reeves' two substitutes appearances, and I did read that and think anything I've ever said about Pat Bamford is almost like I was asking him to marry him. Uh, to marry me, um, rather. Marry himself implies he's a wanker, which is probably the substance of some of the complaints we've made. But yeah, the absolute, they just go straight to the death threats, um, as far as I can tell. There's absolutely no middle ground. He's played about, I think it's like two half an hour substitute appearances. He hasn't scored yet. Therefore, just kill him. That seems to be the attitude. And um, it is... uh, yeah, slightly different, unhinged world. I wonder if part of the Premier League that we're about to enter, where everything does seem to be uh, hyped up. I had a little look at what um, Man United fans were tweeting about Daniel James after he came on as a substitute last night. And it's not nice. They're not nice people. So I feel like um, all the times when we've called Angus Kinnear horrible things here, <laughs> we could probably get away with amping it up, up a little bit. I think we're letting him off lightly. I would echo Michael's sentiments that I just felt it, it was nice just to have a shred of decency in the club. And the fact that 
Angus just said, you know, we don't always get it right, but we'll try and learn from it and we're listening, you know, especially in relation to, you know, the kits and the badges. You know, you're never going to please everybody, but we, yeah, we got it wrong. Probably should have done better. We'll try and do better in future. Fair enough. Let's cover off some of the stuff that people have kind of said we didn't mention as well. Like we did talk off pod, if that's the correct term, I don't know, about Kiko and, and the bus thing actually. And it was basically just like a repeat of what the club had already said. Like clearly wasn't going to go outside of that. So not a lot of point really talking about it. You didn't say that you felt like he'd made a mistake every time he looks at Kiko Casillas' face. No? Couldn't possibly say. <laughs> said it, maybe said it with his eyes. I couldn't tell. He may have been trying to, he may have been trying to communicate something, but he, they certainly weren't the words he used. We'll get on to Ben White in a moment and look out for Phil Hay writing about him this week on The Athletic and asking, is it time to move on from Ben White? He's also going to be having a catch-up with Don Matteo this week too. Uh, we'll get his take on all this stuff later on in the week when we speak to him on the Phil Hayes Show, the podcast that we do for The Athletic as part of our partnership with them. Everything ad-free and clickbait-free on The Athletic. Uh, that includes all Phil's articles, all the articles from the Premier League, where we now live, uh, the football world and sports around the globe. You can listen to the podcast for free as well in all the usual places, but it's also available ad-free for subscribers. 40% square ball discount you can use at theathletic.co.uk forward slash the square ball. If you do want to hear the full chat with Angus, you can get that over on the Extra Ball. You can get the Match of the Day style highlights on this main podcast feed as well. It's the the show just before this one, which covers all all the major points, including investment and transfers and all that sort of stuff, uh, including Ben White and the likelihood of him coming to Leeds. Very challenging uh, were the words he used to describe the potential for, for Ben White to come to Leeds. We got the sense Leeds very much interested in him. The bids seem to be absolutely legit. And Ben White interested in coming to Leeds. The free Ben White thing is legit. He needs to be set free. It isn't fair. But equally, the club, yeah, they're not going to pay like £100 million for him just because Brighton think they've got a really willing bidder. I think that's it. There are two limits to this. Number one is money. They're not going to go infinitely with the money because it's ridiculous to do so, isn't it? We're already going to be paying over the odds for him. And I think Brighton know that. But the money's there quite clearly, but there's going to be a limit to which we go. And the same goes for timing as well. And you do wonder if, given some of these stories that have made it out into the, into the press, and it was Alan Nixon at Reluctant Nico who was reporting for The Sun saying that Graham Potter wants to see Ben White in training before deciding what part he plays this season and is he worth the large contract needed to keep him, which doesn't quite mesh with this story that also suggests they want 40 million for him. They either know his worth or they don't know his worth. So you wonder if maybe they're trying to time leads out, which is the other sort of uh, red line here. I mean, they're more or less going down the Bates route on this, aren't they? They're claiming he's worth a huge amount of money while he sits there on quite a small contract. They're offering him probably half of what he could get here. And then they're going, well, prove yourself in trading. Be like, but but last season, but all the transfer offers, people do think I'm worth this. And Graham Potter's just going, kind of, oh, well, I'll be the judge of that. We'll see. Maybe you're half the man that Dunk is. We do hold some of the the cards here because if we do go and sign somebody else at a a reasonable fee there is still the scope if Ben White doesn't sign his contract or continues it at Brighton in an unhappy manner just go and buy him later he'll still be good he might not be good for them because Graham Potter won't be able to get him to play half as well as Marcelo Bielsa can so a season of suffering under that idiot and his value will absolutely drop like a stone Liam Cooper, bless his Scottish soul, will be 29 in a couple of weeks. So, you know, he's obviously got plenty of football left in him, but he won't play forever. So we can have uh, 
Liam Cooper and A.N. Other playing for us this season and will win the Premier League. And then when it comes to our Champions League campaign, we'll probably need a third centre-back to sort of transition away from Skip Dog. And Ben White can be that that player. We'll pick him up at a knockdown price, restore him to his former glories. And then, uh, yeah, we'll have three top uh, centre-backs, assuming Pascal Stroik by that time isn't better than any of them. So, you know, we don't need to worry. I know that last week I was saying we should pay anything up to £600 million for Ben White. And I think there is still um, supreme sense in bringing him to the club because he knows how we play. He's only been away for a couple of weeks. It would be a form of continuity. But he's not the only central defender in the world. And Brighton need to learn that, even though they appear to have tried to sign all of the central defenders in the world and now uh, don't know what the fuck they're doing. Idiots. They have absolutely cornered the market, haven't they, for centre-backs? They've just got all of them, so now they can charge a premium. It's. I feel like there should be some sort of competitions commission getting involved to be like, no, no, that was... You shouldn't be able to know more now. You've got to release at least three of these before we can start the season. How do you think this one plays out? I think Brighton keep him and don't know what to do with him and end up ruining him. I think it'll go something like that and we'll start looking at... Do we know when the winter transfer window's going to be? Because if he doesn't sign a new contract and that starts running down it does all start to then turn to the next window and next summer and as I said when we can just sweep him up on a a low fee or a free and leave them to their inevitable relegation isn't he tied down for like three years though still yeah but he can't he won't stay there for three years being paid absolutely nothing will he dirty protests start on the (laughs) dirty protest now Ben there's probably a I mean that's the other side of this is that they are underpaying him by a a ridiculous amount so they they are in that Beckford Kilkenny Johnson situation where they're only going to stay for so long on a low wage without thinking you know what sick of this sick of looking at Graham Potter every day sick of the seaside because it's horrible (laughs) (laughs) I mean maybe that's it they'll they'll treat him so badly that he he starts to to hate the ocean it does feel like this is very much in his hands now though doesn't it it feels like We've done all we can, made our desire to get him known. Brighton are saying no dice at the minute. So really, it's about closing that gap between his existing contract and, and what they do next. If they can tie him down to a new one, then, you know, fair enough. They can tie him down to a new one. But it feels and looks like he wants to come. So at some point, something's going to have to give somewhere, which is why I, I kind of maintain a degree of optimism that we might yet sneak this one through, albeit, I say sneak it, a very bloody expensive sneak. I don't know. It depends. It depends what Brighton do. I mean, the dunk to Chelsea thing seems to be happening. Although they're only paying like forty million quid for him, which, given he's their captain and has played pretty much every game in the last three years, and they value him seemingly about twenty percent more than they do Ben White, does seem a little bit strange. Given, on the other hand, they're saying to Ben White, "You need to prove yourself in training." Brighton are just fucking us about here because they think they think they're going to pay a load of money, and I think, despite them, we shouldn't. But that's because I'm a man who likes value. I mean, I watched the YouTube video of. Robin Cock earlier and um, quite apart from his name having those joyful connotations of a thieving dick his ability to just ping long diagonals for seven minutes I assume it was a it wasn't edited it was just live it was just you know a one take video of these long long pinging balls sort of the sort of thing that Neil Warnock would think was overdoing it a little bit they always seem to find a, a player you can't be doing that consistently. But he looked fine. No problem with uh, with this um, stealing penis. 
I think he could be could be the one at, at half the price. And I think it possibly still leaves us that little bit of money in the pot to go and get Ben White from Brighton when they don't see sense. But then it's just a matter of persuading Marcelo Bielsa that he needs more than two centre-backs, which may be enough to make him, you know, resign, flounce back to Argentina. Cock does seem to have been linked with loads of clubs. That, oh, and I, I did the same to go on YouTube to look for his some highlight reels. And the first video is Welcome to Benfica. The second one is Welcome to Tottenham. And you start thinking, but he's pretty sure he's still at Freiburg as it stands. And then the top comment on one of the videos when you went into it was Welcome to Newcastle. So he's been out trying to get out of there for quite a while. But the prices being put around for him seem to be between like 12 and 16 million, which for someone who's played for Germany has like racked up a few decent years in the Bundesliga. Does seem quite cheap, and he seems to fit the bill where Bielsa's concerned in terms of you say those those diagonal passes and playing through the lines and all that stuff. Because I watched his YouTube highlights reel and thought exactly the same. One thing to say on those YouTube highlights reels, by the way, I noticed because I got caught up in sort of the uh, the no man's land between this happening. Whoever it is that puts these highlight videos up, they always title them something like "Welcome to Leeds." But I noticed when I went to look, is it uh, Tiago Almeida who we got? linked with or whichever one of the Tiagos it is I know there are several that in between me looking at the video first time and second time originally it was Welcome to Manchester United then it changed changed the title of the video to Welcome to Leeds United and it was temporarily unavailable for a bit so I think whoever it is that's making these videos reacts to the latest uh, latest headline in the papers The Robin Cock Welcome to Tottenham one as well has got such a horrible I don't know the technical term let's just call it a horrible sound on it as well. They've got it, they've managed to make it sound like a seven year old playing the recorder because they've done some sort of processing on a track Absolutely awful. Sort out your um, sort out your audio on it, please. Yeah, the song I shazammed it, and it's called "Millionaire" by somebody called Joshua. But I can't find it anywhere. It, it does offer me the chance to play it in Apple Music, but I don't want to sign up. And it's only got um, two shazams in its history, which I think might both have been me today because I, I tried it again to see if I got a different result. There is a SoundCloud for this Joshua. Um, but it doesn't seem to have that song on it. And I can't find any um, any trace of it. So if anybody knows anything about the recording artist, Joshua, don't listen to Michael, because it's actually it's, it's quite a good tune, I thought. As much as anything, it's the, the way it's all distorted and it sounds like someone playing loud music through a phone to you. We can recreate that very easily. <laughs> We've turned into our dads here, haven't we? Complaining about modern music. <laughs> oh, who's complaining? No, this is great. I would definitely listen to this on my Sony Ericsson on the back of the bus. Well, shut that one off anyway because it's copyrighted. Well, we don't even know if this Joshua exists, so it's it's let's do anything. I want you to pull it on Moscow as a bed every time you speak. Up at the other end of the pitch, let's talk about strikers. Very expensive in the past. 40 million euros they paid for him. He played under Bielsa before at Marseille, currently 26. Um, and it's been reported today by um, Talk Chelsea and Chelsea News that Chelsea are offering him to us for 25 million euro. Without any great reason, I quite want him. Just I think mainly so we can get him and he can do well and we can get one over on Frank Lampard. And I'm aware that's not a good enough reason to sign someone. Moscow, have you got something to say? I think that's a perfectly good reason to sign him. I think um, also Frank Lampard's interest in Ben White is another reason for doubling down and uh, trying to get him just so we can't have him. Um, and then he'll buy the other one and he'll be terrible. But no, again, 
I don't think he played a lot for Bielsa at Marseille. I think he was came off the bench quite a lot, but he scored enough goals. And um, and it does help with that limited time available for somebody who knows Bielsa um, to come in. And uh, I mean, he'll be sat on the bench watching Patrick Bamford play for most of the season anyway. So absolutely fine. Could get anybody to do it. So might as well get him. I mean, someone he has seen train before does lessen the chances of having a, a big Kev situation where we've obviously signed someone and then he's just had a look at him and gone, no, not for me. I'll never, I will never play him. When it comes to Batshuayi, there is an interview that's been dug up where he spoke to a publication called Ons Mondial a couple of years back. He didn't speak to me. He never spoke to me, he says of Bielsa. And me, it pissed me off because I was doing sick training. I worked like crazy, but he didn't talk to me. And yet, he always took other people to talk to them. In fact, it is all or nothing. Either he picks you up and talks to you for 40 minutes, or he doesn't talk to you at all. Well, that's your fault, Mishy. I'm sorry to say. I don't know why, but I've just decided it is. I mean, we know that's basically Bielsa's style anyway. The, the Leeds players were initially a little bit flummoxed about him uh, not speaking to them at all. And, um, but they soon just realised it was it was his way that was kind of the, the heartwarming part of the, the scenes at the end of the season was you could see they were like, the boss is actually acknowledging that we exist. This is wonderful. So yeah, if he was a, a sub most of the time, Wikipedia tells me he scored nine league goals for Marcelo Bielsa's team, despite rarely starting matches. So, you know, he got to play some games. So wanting somebody to talk to him as well seems like he's asking for the, the moon on a stick, isn't he? And if it's not him, it could be Arthur Cabral, who's a 22-year-old Brazilian who is going to be about, what, 16 million quid from Baal if he's going to come here. He's got quite a lot of goals this last season. Where's the number 98, though? Can we sanction that? Yeah, a bit odd, the old 98 shirt, isn't it? It's, um, have we ever had a, a squad number in the 90s? I don't think we have, have we? Presumably numbers about 20 to uh, 96 all used up. Somebody got to 97 first and he took the only shirt he had left. They do have some big squads, the Swiss clubs, don't they? Take your word for it. He looks all right on YouTube though, doesn't he, yeah? And we signed um, Alioski from the Swiss Leagues and that's worked out well in the end, so well up for it. And uh, Joel, Joel Griffiths? And by being a, a Brazilian playing in Switzerland, he's following the uh, Adrian uh, Talavares route around the world. So that's as good a, um, a good a claim as any. Reports do seem to suggest he's a good player, bit of a baller, he looks all right. Would you like him as well? Yeah, if he's good, I'd like him. If you, can you promise us he's good, Dan? Then we'll have him. YouTube seems to say so, and I tend to use my you know reference touch points are normally Wikipedia and YouTube. So yeah, I think we should do, do all of them. That's why as well. And then put them both on the bench, or just one of them on the bench? Oh, only ever one at a time. Who's this other guy anyway? Uh, Jean-Paul, how do you pronounce this? Butius? 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 No idea. Moscow, any advance? JPB. Jean-Paul uh, Gautier from Eurotrash. I don't know who he is. It's written B-O-E with two dots above it. T-I-U-S, if you want to Google him and have a look. I've never heard of this. Who's found this rumour? It was reported in Build, apparently. He's a, a 26-year-old winger who's at Mines. No idea. Again, looks quite good on YouTube. I've, I found an interview with him, and it made him sound like he's possibly the mildest footballer who presently exists in the modern world. He's asked um, if he's enjoying playing for Mainz and how it feels to be playing in the Bundesliga. And his response, I'm not even convinced that he's real. This doesn't. These don't sound like the words of a real person. 
I am really enjoying my time at the club. We won our last match and we're in a good position in the league. We are currently firmly in 12th place and I believe that the Bundesliga is a good fit for me. Mainz is a really good-natured club with a stadium of 34,000 and fans that really get behind the team. They never boo if we're losing and they sing their hearts out and support us every match. The players, backroom staff and the board also have a very strong bond with one another and everyone is treated equally, which is something I really like. It's bizarre. It goes on. It's as if it's been also generated by um, football manager. The Swiss league is a good league and different to others in Europe. For example, you play four times against the bigger teams in the division. My favourite bit was um, he's asked about his most difficult opponents. Um, Are there any that stand out for you? And he says... Last season at Feyenoord, we played against Manchester City in the Champions League and I came up against Kyle Walker. He is also the right back of the England national team and he was really quick. That was a tough match and Kyle Walker really impressed me. The way you were doing the translation of that, well, the sort of the intonation of it. Do you remember Transworld Sport? Yes. They used to have interviews on that that were a bit similar to that when they do some random feature on like a, an Icelandic figure skater or something and they just tell you some stuff. It was nice. Yeah, it, there is a lot of it that is kind of um, just narrating. I had two spells at Feyenoord coming through the youth team. In one of my seasons, it did not go too well and people at the club appeared to have their doubts about me and there appeared to be question marks about my contract. I went to FC Baal and was subsequently loaned to Genk. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> It's like he's reading out his own Wikipedia page. Mainz came in for me and I have no regrets about my decision to come here, although it was a difficult decision to leave Feyenoord. A team for which I have played 79 games in the previous season, scoring four goals. Yeah. His second departure from Feyenoord sounded vaguely interesting when he, he basically got sent off for sarcastically clapping a referee and then was told to leave. I found a, a couple of bits about that. Apparently he'd refused to warm down after a, a friendly against Fenerbahce as well because he was unhappy at being made to go all the way to Turkey and not get her on the pitch for a, a practice game. And then, yeah, it's such a rigmarole, like a long list of excuses, because apparently the referees had come in to the clubs before the season started and said, any sarcasm, you'll get booked. But he said he wasn't at that team meeting with the referees' representative because at that point he'd been banished to playing with the under-23s because of the thing that had happened in Turkey. And he was kind of like, so it's like, maybe I shouldn't have done it anyway. But really, you know, I, I, did, I wasn't at that meeting. It definitely wasn't my fault. I don't know. I'm looking forward to his, uh, when he arrives at Leeds and he says, um, I'm very excited to be wearing the white shirt and training at the famous Thorpe Arch training ground in Weatherby which is located near to the Young Offenders Institute on Walton Road, etc., etc. When we spoke to Angus Kinnear, he was talking about how the new Category 1 status and, of course, being in the Premier League will allow us to attract a better calibre of under-23 signings as well. And we're seeing the fruits of that already. Um, Cody Drama has been confirmed from Fulham, Charlie Allen as well, now joining the setup. But they seem to be um, training with the first team, don't they? So far, the biggest, the bigger boys are being allowed to do it, aren't they? Is Drame, is Ian with him as well? I've not seen him. But I know certainly there's others. Well, there seems to be Casey Cresswell, Gelhart. There's a few of the young lads in there, and there? Bogus is there as well. Robbie Gott's there, never playing. Bogus got his new contract as well. I don't think we've, we covered that um, since last time. Bogus and Shaxx given new deals. I think we are looking like we're going to attack the Premier League with a team of children, which will be 
fine. I trust Bielsa implicitly now. So if he, he could play a team of kittens if he wanted, and we'd probably win. Um, heading out the other way then, one or two just to uh, to mention. Not strictly heading out the other way, but Ryan Edmondson is back with us after his short trip to uh, to COVID-ravaged Aberdeen. Um, he's back with an ankle injury. He's going to be out for what looks like four months or thereabouts. He only played, what, 25 minutes? All that way for 25 minutes. What a waste. If Beatius, or whatever his name is, Beatius and Butthead, his trip to Turkey, he had nothing to moan about. Poor old Ryan's had to go up to Aberdeen, play in a COVID-ravaged place, and then do his ankle, and he's come back for four months. There is some beautiful architecture up there. You may have enjoyed seeing the, the granite buildings, distant views of the oil, oil platforms. Looks like Leif Davis is being linked with a loan move to either Stoke or Portsmouth as well. You'd fancy you'd probably want to get a bit of game time, wouldn't you, especially as we're, we're relatively well covered on the left-hand side? I kind of wanted to see more of him at Leeds, really. I've, I've enjoyed his little... Who was it? His cameo appearance this year when he came on and just bombed up and down the left-hand side. It was quite entertaining. Bit of a shame to not see him again, but I suppose it'll do him good to go out and play some actual football. We can. He can be like a Premier League... Um, what's his face? He went to Fleetwood the whole time. Oh, how quickly you forget. What was his name? Why can't I remember it? Christ. Why can't you remember it? Yeah. Put me out of my misery. What's his name? <laughs> Louis Coyle. Hull's Louis famous, Coyle. Hull's famous Louis Coyle. The one thing I've learned about um, Leif Davis is that, I mean, he's not a tall man, is he? And Wikipedia gives his, his height as five foot five. He's bigger than that. Well, according to Instagram, he's a full foot. Um his young lady friend posted a photograph of them with the trophy. She only appears to just about come up to the bottom of his neck, basically. I don't know if there's a, they're a very little pair. I'm sure they're very happy together and, you know, hopefully still gets to hang out if he's, you know, sent off to Stoke or Portsmouth. Maybe Portsmouth would be nice so they can go walking along the pier and looking at the, the marine Boats, but he's probably going to have to give her a leg up to see over the if there's any high fences if she wants to see him inside a, a naval <laughs> a naval vessel. Sorry, we haven't done internet bollocks, have we in this uh, in this show yet? So let's quickly do that. Lionel Messi is that internet bollocks? Are we getting him? I think it's fifty fifty. Probably there'll be a, uh, my sources tell me there will be a bit of interest from elsewhere. It looks like he's available for six hundred and thirty million pounds. So. You want to strike while the the bargain's there, don't you? And he's 33, is he? So what, just a shade less than Ben White? Brighton will probably be looking at that going, well, I mean, you know, that's that's the value of a player at the moment. We could, do they still own Thomas Vermaelen? I mean, if they're having a fire sale, I don't want... Um, I, I mean, I would want PK. If they're going to be getting rid of all these old players, you know, he does bring Shakira with him. But ex-scum, isn't he? So it would be like signing Steve Bruce. I did see it pointed out that it's nice that we've gone from seeing transfer rumours going, we could never afford Jordan Rhodes, to all of a sudden, like, we could never afford Messi. It's it's more sort of lifting to the spirits, I think, to go with someone like that. And we did suffer all those years when basically every uh, sort of fringe player at Barcelona ended up at Stoke for one reason or another, and now Stoke are after Leif Davis, and we're after all the Barcelona fringe players, which is what how I'm choosing to describe Lionel Messi. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Time to deal with the booze baton slash sangria stick now and some change is in order. Uh, a quick reset for you if you're not familiar with this, if you're new to it. This determined where the end of season promotion party was going to be, which obviously we can't have just yet because the season ran on and COVID and all that kind of stuff. However, this was the the idea of Eden J. Harris on Twitter, a party that we will have at some point. A garden party. Indeed. Last August, your starting destination for the party was Leeds until Stoke knocked us out of the League Cup and it, it changed a destination like that and included a European and a domestic split when Liverpool ended up with it. Uh, Southampton is locked in as the destination for the domestic party. There is just the European version to determine because it was with Atletico Madrid but they were beaten by RB Leipzig in the Champions League. So the destination is currently Germany. They play Paris Saint-Germain in the semi-final of the Champions League. Now, the other semi-final, Bayern Munich versus Lyon. So it means it's definitely going to be Germany or France. And with it presently being in Germany and specifically Leipzig, Eden ran a poll on Twitter to determine its new name. And it looks like we're going to have to rechristen it as... The Jean-Kevin August stick, which is nice. Yeah, no longer the sangria stick, but the Jean-Kevin August stick, which I think is a great play on words. I mean, he does love a party, doesn't he, by the looks of it? Oh, he denied all that. He was able to show that his limbs were still working despite his alleged sustained use of a balloon. The stick he now uses to get around his kitchen very slowly. It's good because it works. um, He is French, so it works for both countries. I must admit, there's a bit of me hoping it's not Paris because it's very expensive there. So that's my only criteria so far. You basically just want some shack in the countryside, don't you? I don't think we're going to get that in Munich or um, or Leipzig, are we? But it, in a way, it's got a nice Paris 75 feel to it, thinking it's probably going to end up being a, a Munich-Paris final. So we can, I think one way or another, we can cause some trouble. If we, My idea years ago was to uh, do some sort of commemorative Paris 75 thing by driving to Paris in a load of old cars and having a riot. Not the riot bit, just have a nice time. So we could do that. Hey, shack in the countryside, that's Pontefract, isn't it? If Jamie wants to come out to Pontefract, he's more than welcome. 
A quick reminder that you can get a discount on your legal fees with Levi Solicitors, our podcast partner. Uh, so whether it's work-related, employment issues, personal stuff such as wills, probates, or moving house, Levi's has a full range of legal services, and we thank them for their continued support on the podcast. They're based in Leeds, but have got offices across the country. You can get all the details you need on their website. 10% off for everybody who goes through the square ball, and that goes up to 20% for key workers. You can get started at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Let's do our heroes and villains now, then starting off with the Ken Bates Villainy Award. We decided last week that we would continue this, at least for the foreseeable future, in his name, because uh, he's quite a dislikable chap. And we couldn't think of anybody else worse. So, so what's he done this week, or has he? He's not doing anything this week, so I, I went digging through the archives to see what had happened um, and in, in these, this day in the past. And can you remember where you were on the 17th of August, 2011? I think I was having sex. <laughs> you may well think that. But are we, was it merely some long, drawn-out foreplay and slow arousal? That's right. I was having sex with Ken Bates. That's why I'd uh, chosen not to remember it too clearly. Side door club in 2005 and 2007. The rebuilding of Leeds United is a bit like sex. In an age of instant gratification, Leeds United is having a long, drawn out affair with plenty of foreplay and slow arousal. What a disgusting image, Ken. I mean, and he did spend years and years fucking us, so he wasn't entirely wrong. Other than that, the the fucking was pretty much instant, as I remember. That's what somebody once said to me about um, uh, Sting being into tantric sex, that he's just really, really bad at it. Well, it takes hours. It was a Scottish fellow who who was painting this uh, picture with words. You've got to imagine a a grizzled Scotsman saying, yeah, just picture him banging away at you for hours and hours and hours. Was it Steve Evans? Christ. Let's move on to nominating the EFL for, well, for just the shambles that they are. This isn't getting any prettier, is it? No. What a shambles. Yeah, specifically the Sheffield Wednesday shambles, because the the big mystery is how they've managed to get away with breaking, I think, all of the regulations. I think they broke all the rules, but had their 12-point deduction next season. And the independent tribunal, uh, the panel who judged on this, um, have said that the reason is that they could have found them guilty with the first charge, which was, it was the FFP problem with the first charge. Um, And they could have dealt with that and they could have docked them points and left them to save themselves um, before the end of the season, as was scheduled. But the EFL insisted on also pursuing a second charge about the ground sale and deliberately concealing information, a charge that was subsequently dismissed And that charge involved 5,000 pages of submissions, evidence and legal texts. And basically it took them so long to go through the second charge that the EFL wanted um, that it pushed them past the deadline where they could have imposed a points deduction for the first charge, um, which is the only thing they had points deducted for. The second charge was dismissed in the end. And it pushed them past the deadline where they could have imposed it this season and it means it had to go into next season. So long story short... They had them on one charge. The EFL slowed everything down with a second charge that they couldn't prove. And that's why Charlton are not in the championship anymore. Ah, good old sport. Don't have to worry about the EFL now, do we? Until we play in the, uh, whatever it is, the, the leasing paint trophy. I think it's also come out today as well that 
Wigan's owners asked about putting the club into administration before taking them over, which seems like a um, a worrying thing to ask at the start of a, a takeover process. But um, anyway, like you say, thankfully now we're we're into a whole other level of corruption. You can imagine them sitting there and to say, we just wanted to check, would there be any repercussions if we burned the stadium down? Is there anything in the, the rules? No, okay. That's just just a passing thought. On a first day, like, how are you about other people in the relationship? I'm not necessarily going to cheat on you, but if I did, would that be a, okay, it'd be a problem, right? No, no, it's, it's fine. We'll see. We'll see what happens. See what happens. Who else do you want to nominate then? There have been a few pricks this week. Frank Lampard gets in again. I mean, last week he was linked with Ben White. I can only assume Ben White has told him he doesn't want to see him. So he's getting Lewis Dunk instead to try and make it so Brighton need to keep Ben White. He's a vindictive man. There was also with his, his complete uh, begging for more time off because his brave Chelsea were representing the Premier League in Europe, lose immediately. Basically, their season lasted like two days longer than Arsenal's. And you don't hear Mikel Arteta sobbing and crying and whining. Surely we've got to give Saeed Ben Rama a nomination for that god-awful video that he did of his holiday where somebody appears to have commissioned a drone to film him having his hair cut on a beach and him diving into a swimming pool and it just made me want to throw up in my mouth. Who can honestly say they've never taken a full camera and sound team and a drone on holiday with them just to get some nice shots for the internet? It's perfectly reasonable. Nothing odd about it whatsoever. I am confused about who the audience is presumed to be for this kind of thing and I mean it, it may be that I'm in the wrong that the tweets has had more than 7,000 likes and I assume it's it's probably had just as many on on Instagram so that there must be 7,000 people out there who watched this Hollywood movie about a bloke on holiday and went loved that it was like um I think we talked about this off podcast when it came up but the recent video of Harry Kane announcing the gender of his child by kicking footballs at a at a balloon once he'd managed to chase Jean Kevin Augustin away from it. And that's fine if you want to do something for your, your close friends and family about the future of your, your family. But who is the audience? Who sits and, and thinks, you know what you should do? You should get a film crew in for that. Put it on social media so that the entire world can watch because everybody wants to see that. Oh, Harry Kane's a very good striker and I quite enjoy sometimes watching him put footballs in in the back of the net i don't really see why that then translates into me being present at the conception of his children not sure that's what you're watching but never mind it's the next step and i would also point out with uh with old Said uh, ben rama i mean he looks in this video like somebody who's got his social media game absolutely spot on but his um his twitter name is Said ben rama 11 his at is Benrama2, and then he hashtags it, hashtag SB10. There's a real personality crisis going on there. Which one is he? Who who do we believe? Who is, when we're, we're watching drone footage of him having his haircuts, which is the Saeed Benrama we're engaging with? 2, 10, 11. If he comes to Leeds, I mean, all those uh, shirt numbers are taken up, aren't they? So if we do end up signing him, he could end up with 98. And then where's that going to fit in? Is he going to be begging Twitter? Oh, I really need to change this because, you know, Ben Rama 2 is just, I got that. And who has got Ben Rama 1? I might actually go through now and register all the free Ben Rama numbers. Was Ben Rama 1 him, but he just forgot the password? I mean, he's making out like he's an absolute master of the, the tweets. But if you can't get the details right, 
then uh, then I, I don't know I necessarily need the, the drone footage of your villa. He didn't strike me as a man who's going to be looking forward to playing Rotherham and Luton next season. It's got a very Premier League vibe to it, is that video. I don't know. He strikes me as a man who's on his way out. And also, if I was a Brentford fan and he just lost a playoff final and he'd basically been shitting it, I wouldn't be overly thrilled with this. I know we were saying the other week when we, we had to enjoy seeing like Paddy Kenny on looking all sunburnt on his holidays, but at least that looked kind of shit. At least he had the decency to make it look like a crap lad's holiday still. To be clear, there's no objection of him going on holiday. I've never thought that thing that football fans sometimes do where they find a player out like having a beer after the team's lost on a Saturday afternoon and they object because they should have locked themselves into leg irons and never been allowed the, the house again. You know, life goes on. It is the summer. You can have a couple of weeks. You can go on a, on holiday. It's just, it's the film crew, isn't it? Just takes it that little bit further. And I would actually, though, quite like to see, I mean, we're talking about this being a Premier League thing. If some of the Leeds players want to get themselves to this level, I would love to see this about Liam Cooper. It would be great. Him just sitting in the shade with some sun cream on, having Arthur Stella to uh, to really let his hair down. A drone doing sweeping shots over the River Humber. Right, is that all our nominations for villainy then, or is there anybody else you want to put in the ring? Somebody's put uh, a picture of Charlie Allen on here. Because uh, he looks like a school bully. 16 years old, look at the size of him. He's definitely he's definitely kicking your head in, isn't he? Getting off with the girl you fancy, even though you don't. he's not even bothered about her. It's that single ear stud, isn't it? He's a hard bastard, is Charlie Allen, and he knows it. He gets served at the corner shop as well. Surely you should be um, nominated for heroics for this. He's our hard bastard now. We've signed him. True enough. Uh, we've needed somebody uh, to take over the 16-year-old giant role since Ryan Edmondson's been injured and older. Yeah, and you're more than twice his age, Michael, and half his height, so stop picking on him. I'd quite like to see Charlie Allen and Ryan Edmondson in a scrap, though. Right, pick yourself a villain. Proper, I'm still thinking about them doing proper behind the news agents in Weatherby Town Centre vibes. Be also charging out from his sweet shop to break him up. Come on, villain, pick one. Uh, to Ben Rama. Yeah, don't do that, especially if you're going to sign for us. I suppose we've given it to Lampard in the AFL enough, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. He's fond of trinkets and stuff. Is another one for him. Yeah, Ben Rama can have this one, and it's just another preemptive strike, like it was with um, with your Saboba de Bibet top people last week. What was his name? Mummery. Just to let you know, this is the Leeds United way of doing things. Cut that out, fall in line. This will basically have to just be an apology, but we did have some people getting in touch around mummeries and the meaning of it and what it meant. I don't have the emails to hand. Also to the person who got in touch to say that, to confirm that Matt Letissier is from Guernsey. So we, yeah, there were a few of those best I'm sorry, I've been frantically dealing with um, other, other square ball admin issues. So they have been lost in the shuffle but thank you for the information still don't think that's right about Letizia though right let's pick an Andy Hughes hero who do we have for nominations John Harvey I think it might be is this his first hero nomination but it was it was essentially his changes that have allowed us to be in the EFL trophy so thank you Sean good foresight to let us in years ahead of us being able to actually play in it it is possibly the worst competition that football has to offer I'm surprised it's still continuing next season in the truncated season when everybody's you know trying to keep replays to a minimum and lopping off second legs somehow this absolute horror show of a competition limps on and the teams are forced to play their first team in it as well aren't they you get fined if you make more than three changes or something don't you if i remember correctly yeah the uh if you're in the 
if you're a Premier League team, you can basically field whatever joke eleven you want, but the um, the lower league clubs are forced to uh, to play the strongest team available and to uh, to open their stadiums and make them COVID secure, even though even if this was the only live football, I think was going to be available for people to attend next season they're still not going to get more than about 30 people interested because it's fucking dog shit um <laughs> but i hope we win and i'm quite i am quite looking forward to the sort of revamped coverage of the under 23s next season because they um when you're in the premier league they, they tend to present the under 23 teams as like a proper team that you should watch and be interested in so that'll be novel it is a much better standard, isn't it, next year, the, the league we're in? Because it was a bit of a... Well, I don't want to down, downplay the achievements, but we have been in a slightly shit league until recently. So, Well, we saw that gap when um, Derby came from a, a higher level and hammered us 7-1, um, that there was a bit of a, a gap there. But I still don't think Derby are particularly a, a good advert for the under-23s game or anything. Tell you who is, Jamie Shackleton. He's signed a new four-year contract. Let's give him a hero nomination for knowing that the grass isn't always greener on the other side of the fence and that Leeds United is the place he should be. It was nice. He said some nice things as well about being there pretty much his entire life along with Robbie Gotts and Alvin McCalmon and growing up together and holding the trophy and stuff. It's, it's nice. Good. I hope he stays forever. He is the one player who, for years, since he was about 13, 14, he was the one you always got the wink about, like, Shackleson. He'll be good. He is, thankfully, wearing that mantle a little bit better than old... Uh, Chris Dawson and maybe Simon Walton before him, Robert Bailey. But I like Shaq. I think he's good. I'm happy he's staying because he's a good player. Definitely. And let's hope we see him kick on even more in this forthcoming season. Who else do you want to nominate as a hero? There's an anonymous drunk Leeds fan um, somewhere in North Yorkshire. It's all we know about their identity, but um, the North Yorkshire Force Control Room shared details of a call that they received at 9.36 on Friday morning, they responded to a call about concerns for a very drunk male in the street. Doesn't say which street, but somewhere in North Yorkshire at half past nine on Friday morning, there was a very drunk male on arrival and talking to him. uh, He said he was still celebrating Leeds United getting promoted and he said he has not been sober for weeks. The police said that they'd taken him home in good spirits. Now, we, we, it's a little bit like when we uh, we talk about Michael's betting. I think not being sober for weeks and drinking to the extent that you are causing police-level concern at half past nine on a Friday morning, not a lifestyle choice I would encourage any of our listeners to to follow. But if you if you are going to, um, to do it in celebration of Leeds United getting promoted, maybe that's the time to do it, just to say, try it and decide you don't like it. Although it appears that this this gentleman has tried it and decides he, he fucking loves it. But um, a lot of people hit it very hard um, over the seven or eight days of Leeds United's promotion week to still be going um, almost a month later. I think that's the definition of heroic, isn't it? It's certainly delayed, if not heroic. So uh, are those your candidates? And who, who's having the, the Hero of the Week award? Who's having it? I feel like for responsibility's sake, we should give it to the drunk Leeds fan and say, but that's the end of it now. Have a few weeks off. The new season's not far away. Whoever you are, strange hero, idiot, pack it in now. But well done. Is that the message? Drinkaware.co.uk? Perfect. Loads more podcasts to get your teeth into across this week. Extra Ball, we've been revisiting the, the grief cast this week on top of um, the full 
uh, audio of the Angus Kinnear chat that we had at Ellen Road. So have a look out for that on the Extra Ball feed. Shirts, mugs, prints, everything you need if you want to carry on celebrating promotion like that anonymous drunk gentleman in North Yorkshire. You can find all that at squareball.net. And thanks for listening to this one. We'll catch up with you next time. See you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 